Melanie Shong has over 30 years in leadership development and human resource management. She's a certified corporate compliance and ethics professional, which is her proudest accomplishment. That's what she told me. In addition to that, she conducts hundreds of ethics investigations every year for over five years, leading to terminations for harassment, theft, and discrimination, and even more. With Melanie, we have a real HR expert talking about corporate integrity today. I'm glad to have you here spending the next few minutes together with us. integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, a business professional, a corporate integrity council, or on your way there. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact, founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organizations. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. Listen to the HR perspective Melanie brings in today. So Melanie, it's so great to have you here, especially as you know that our conversation will focus first of all on you, your organization, your team, and your own personal experience when it comes to corporate integrity. And as an expert with more than 30 years of experience in HR, human resources, for so many decades, our listeners and myself are curious to learn more about you and your experience you have. So may I start with the first question? <laughs> Absolutely, Sonia. And thank you so much for inviting me. You, you are so interesting. And what you have learned over the last 30 years now, I would like to bring also to our listeners. And I'm interested in understanding what the current role you have. What does corporate integrity mean for you? And how do you deal with that? So I, the role that I have in terms of a title is that I'm corporate director of human resources for our company, but the role of integrity has to be in every single job that we have in any company, any country, any place in the world. And if you have integrity first in what, how you do business, how you treat employees, how you manage benefits, how you manage um, discipline, how you manage investigations of, of uh, problems and issues that come up. If you always have integrity as the starting point, then you know what happens afterwards will continue with that, that feeling and that vein. You can't, in, you can't put it in at the back end and you can't, <laughs> and you can't make someone behave with integrity uh, that's probably one of the hardest things I think as we hire that 
we don't understand because if our own integrity background is kind of ingrained in us, how we were raised, how our ethics were as in a family environment or in a work environment, who our mentors were and how they behaved ethically, that all just, just adds layers and layers onto who you are and how you work in a, in a business environment or out there, you know, mm-hmm. even a private environment. And so consequently, uh, I am often surprised that someone who has multiple degrees and you would assume that in their professional endeavors, they have this foundation and, the, and then have added layers of integrity that they never had it. They never got it. No, um, for me, you as you and you, you know, whoever has that role of um, global head of HR, you know, you are so important because you are the first line somehow also of defense because you often you are the first one who talks to the candidate. Yes, and yes. what I see, maybe I'm wrong, and you can also correct me, but sometimes I, th- I, th- I think HR does not even value the own function they have, that they are so important, you know, because if they would know what they can do or not do with hiring the, the wrong person, it harms the entire company. It does. And it makes a lasting effort. And, and you, you have to be in an organization where they, um, they listen and where you have listened and gained respect. Uh, HR never tells, it never directs, it never commands, it influences It listens, it advises, it provides counsel, it provides solutions, op, op, you know, sometimes various solutions. And, and what you hope is that over time that you're trusted as that advisor and that when you say, you know, this is, this is what we need to do, this is the best step forward, that that's received. Um, But the moment someone in a role in HR, whatever level they are uh, in HR, whether they're at the, the top of their game or they're just entering the profession, if they start out with the mindset that they're going to fix it, tell it, demand it, require it, whatever, they will have lost their audience and they won't be able to make any impact. Absolutely, because otherwise you can really influence and have the impact. That's what I see when you have a good HR department. It's so valuable for the entire company. And when we when we now come back to your current role and also the questions I had, you know, I think there are some typical situations landing on your desk as an HR responsible when it comes to corporate integrity, because you are the one, often you are the first one also hearing about the misconducts. We are, and hopefully we are. I mean, because... You know, you want the investigation to be done properly. You want it to be done, uh, you know, with the presume, you know, that we need to presume that the person, that both parties are um, are honest, that both parties have integrity, that they're treated with dignity and respect. I often tell my employees that if everyone was treated with dignity and respect, there would be no HR department. They wouldn't need us uh, because if, if everyone behaved that way, then there wouldn't be any issues. But um, when a case comes forward, you know, that there is a potential of a violation of a federal law or a company policy that is uh, strongly held and, and required to be upheld, such as harassment, the investigation is, um, has to be thorough. Uh, you, you know, you have to take the statements of the witnesses. You have to 
take the statements of the accused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, sometimes you have to go back and question a witness again, because you may have another piece of information. Um, the, uh, I do not actually write out questions before I do an investigation because it goes against the whole listening mm-hmm. um, mentality that I have. And if you are paying attention and you're not multitasking, which is one of my, uh, I abhor, um, then you will hear things that will lead you to the next best question. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll never forget one time I had a, a new HR business partner working for me and he was participating in a termination of a very high senior level engineer for his behavior. Uh, and um, after the whole event was over and the termination was, was completed, uh, the HR business partner actually told my vice president, he said, you can't believe it. He thanked her for firing him. He said, he said, I expected it to be ugly and, you know, contentious and nasty. And he said, he thanked her. And I explained to him, I said, this is someone who is losing their job today. They have to go home and, and face that. They may have to share it with their family. They have financial consequences. And the moment that you treat someone with disrespect, I don't care what they've done. I don't care how bad it is. As soon as you treat them with disrespect, uh, you one, you no longer are representing the company, mm-hmm. and two, you are opening yourself up, probably the company up for uh, more litigious potential litigious mm-hmm. actions. Um, but on the other, on the, the most importantly, is that the first day that that employee arrived in the company, they were treated in a particular manner. That's why you chose them, and on their last day they should be treated in the same manner. Wow, that's really nice because that's exactly also the strategy I have when I do interviews, you know, during investigations. You always have to treat people respectfully and you have to listen and listen and listen. And you, know, you can have some questions, of course, but if you have a full set of questions, you are not listening anymore and you won't get the truth at all. And We are on the same page. Absolutely. And you know, I think you can't and... You know, many years ago, I was also asked, do you already have to list with your questions? And no, I just know what I need to have. And it's like dancing with a client or dancing with an interview guest, you know, it's, it's a dance and you have to give and you have to listen. And then you go forward to the next, to the next point. And yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, it's always the same, but I'm so happy that you also mentioned that because sometimes am I the only one who doesn't need to have a full set of questions, but that's, that's a strategy I have. And that's also the approach. And you know, at the end, I always get the answers I need to have. Right. That, and there's, that's the, the point. And I think that if you have a list of questions that you get focused on asking the next question instead of listening to the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you, what I'm now interested in is, it, you know, you also might have some challenges in the HR departments when it comes um, to the integrity part and also to, the, to these kind of interviews. What is most challenging for you, also after so many years of being in these kind of roles? I think the most challenging now is that so many of my interviews are not face-to-face. And, and, <laughs> and I have used 
I have used technology such as what we're using now. I've had to use that because so much of what, and I don't read body language. I don't have any uh, coursework in, in reading body language and looking up into the right and looking up. I would never remember it anyway. I, I just, but it's, it's that connection that you can make with someone and um, versus them just being on a phone call. Um, I don't have the luxury all to be able to fly every time I have to do an investigation. It doesn't make sense. Um, and, um, and you usually need to do them in a very quick manner so that stories don't get put together mm-hmm. um, and that you, and that facts don't disappear. So um, I have utilized the technology in, uh, and I actually have my HR person in the, the facility turn their laptop around so that they're, that I'm facing the person mm-hmm. who's, and then um, I utilize my HR uh, professionals in note-taking. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I actually even had utilize our regionals. We have two regionals and I will, whoever's plant that is, I will have the regional on the call. And the reason once one, they, be, they become witnesses, but second of all, uh, and I'm a very good note taker. You probably are too, Sonia. You need you you have to. Point, right? I, can take, I can take <laughs> verbatim notes while I'm looking at someone, right? Um, but they so they learn how to take notes, and then third, they learn if they have learned any other process of an investigation. This helps them unlearn it. You know that this is how we how we do it, and this is how we're going forward. Um, it's the best practice. Um, one of the things that I found often in uh, organizations that I've been with is they have, they do what they call witness statements. Mm. And the problem with witness statements, of course, is that it's whatever the person wants to write at that moment in time. And there may be, it may be very factual, but there may be missing details. And so yep. they just, they just take that as concrete. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. They said they knew immediately that the person was a threat but it doesn't say how they knew immediately that you, you have to ask that question and you have to, if you're going to do a statement, which I don't want, but then you've got to have them amend the statements. With the approach you have right now and what you explained to, to all of us is that you also help other people to learn from you. Oh, absolutely. You know, because you are by, by demonstrating how you're also doing these interviews, you show them and people learn by observing you. They don't, they don't learn in courses and in trainings. They learn in real actions and use cases. And I think with what you explained right now, you give them the chance to observe you, you know, mm-hmm. in your best discipline you have. Yes. Thinking on my feet. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. But with, lots of, with lots of experience. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think somehow it's also a learning process for the other ones, watching how you are doing that and what kind of questions you ask. And especially what you said at the end, you know, if you just get an answer, you have you always have to dig deeper to really yes. understand. And, and, I, and speaking, Sonia, of at the end, there are um, three things that I do at the end. The first thing after I am I'm comfortable with all of my questions and all all the information that I've gathered, um, my employees, my HR employees know that I will then defer to them for any questions they have. Um, I don't do well being interrupted. It breaks my my train of thought. It breaks my cycle of questions and things like that. But I always ask them for what other questions. And sometimes I have missed a 
fabulous question. You know, we're, I am human. And so they will ask it. Um, and so they also get a chance to have input. The, uh, the um, second thing that I always ask, every interview, every witness, every person who's accused, I ask them this simple question. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you want me to know? And I do it for several reasons. And I will repeat it sometimes. Like if they'll tell me something, I will follow it up again mm -hmm. and ask it again. Um, because sometimes they tell me things that I didn't know were going on. Yep. That, are new, that are new facts. May not change what I'm investigating, but it may. Additional. It yeah. may be something that also has to be investigated. The, the other thing is they may, they may have extenuating circumstances with their behavior or their conduct. I want to know what those are what that is, anything that is. Um, and that goes back to a really great story that a lawyer uh, told me one time. Uh, she was out of, based out of California, a very, very large uh, employment law firm. And one of her clients was a small kind of mom, pa grocery store. And they had a, a policy that if you didn't have enough money before payday and you needed some groceries, you could do an IOU at the, to the cashier. And the cashier would take that IOU on the cash register receipt and put it in the underneath the till. And this employee, long-term employee, who was a custodian, janitor, swept the floors, mopped the floors in the grocery store, had needed to buy a bottle of cranberry juice. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have enough money before payday. And so he went to the cashier, went through the whole process. Cashier put it under the till. He took his Gatorade, and the reason he had the Gatorade was that his daughter had been um, diagnosed with a, a, an infection that the doctor wanted him, her to be able to drink um, cranberry mm -hmm. juice. They fired him for theft. No. They didn't interview him. They didn't interview the cashier. They didn't search for an IOU, and it ended up in court. And when the employee was asked why, is there any, you know, why did you, what, what, why did you take cranberry juice? And he told them, you can imagine how that sat with a jury. And, um, and the, the fact that there wasn't an investigation done and nobody asked him, is there anything else that you need me to know that I haven't asked? Um, it would have saved that grocery store thousands and thousands of dollars in probably wrongful termination costs. And um, and the dignity of the employee would have been kept intact. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so it was uh, that that's a learning lesson. I always have a, a philosophy that I don't want to say see anything that I have created or said or yeah. done on a big screen in a courtroom. I have a big fear of that. <laughs> and so I want to make sure I do it right. Yeah, and you know that's exactly what you said. We all we have to understand understand the circumstances and the situation a person is in or was in at that moment in time, and they need to have the possibility to to explain um, themselves. Always, always. Wow! Thank you, thank you very much for that uh, that story. I think a lot of our listeners will also remember that back when they do their own investigations or when they are just confronted with some facts and. There's one other question, and I really like that, you know, to understand whether there was a moment in time when your own person, personal integrity was at risk or under pressure. 
Wow, very interesting question. So, uh, yes, it was uh, at one point in time, and I chose to to leave that organization. Okay. Uh, but I but I did report it. I did report it because ethically I had to report it. Okay. How how did you feel when you do that when you did that? Because I think you have to be very strong to do so. I know such kind of situations also because I also did that. I also left. How did you cope with that? Well, as a single parent of a disabled child, uh, you know, I had uh, responsibilities not just to myself, but also to care for the, for him. And, and so it's hard. And so you have to be very careful um, and you have to, you know, it's really important to understand, uh, are you right? Is it correct? Is your information correct? Um, is it um, actionable? You know, and then what has the response been from the company? Mm -hmm. And um, I found that there were others out in our professional society that I could talk with and gain insight from mm -hmm. before I, um, and I, and I let them know. I mean, You know, I, okay. I didn't hide anything from the company. I told them that it would have to be reported and gave them an opportunity to fix it before it had to be reported multiple times. Wow. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, in the end, uh, whatever an organization decides to do, you have to still live with what your um, your beliefs are in, in yes. terms of integrity and and that integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching but it absolutely it is also doing the right thing when everyone is watching mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, it was a stressful time but <laughs> it ended up being uh, a wonderful outcome because of where I am now. Oh, great. Thank you very, very much. So I think it's also helpful for our next generation of leaders, you know, because a lot of people are struggling. They are sitting in, in dilemma situations, don't know how to cope with. And I think it's always also good to listen to the stories of others, just to get enough support to learn from others. That, hey, they also did it. They also were in Difficult um, situations, and as you said, you know, you were not only responsible for yourself, but also for someone else. It's even more important that you think about what are your values and how can you cope with that. And also, you know, looking in a um, at the mirror every morning again with the decision you made. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you very, very much. So when it comes to the trends and uh, the future and the outlooks, where do you see will, play, will corporate integrity play a role in HR? And how could this, this also be strengthened, maybe? So I think it has to be a foundation of HR. Mm -hmm. I think that whoever is uh, in a position in HR, no matter what the level of the position is, that they have to have one that is based on integrity. They have to feel comfortable and safe in coming forward if they are um, confronted with something that is not part of the company's values and ethics and culture of being uh, it, it, having integrity. Um, 
because it damages not only their professional being, but it damages the company. And, And that we are not in this alone. As an HR person, we are responsible for the company. We are responsible for the employees. We are responsible for management. Um, but, you know, one time I said to someone, I said, you know, be sure you don't kill the messenger. Yeah. But it's my job to give you the bad news, you know. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's been some people that have known what the bad news is and they haven't been willing to tell you. But I don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. And and when you do that and you come forward and you provide that information and the response is overwhelmingly positive and almost like an aha moment, what you find is that in an organization where integrity matters is how you have handled it will only increase your value to the organization and it'll improve your relationships within the organization. I think we always win. If we have a culture of corporate integrity, the stakeholders, the shareholders, the organization as such, and every single individual can win out of it. Yes, absolutely. So, in, And so in terms of the future, uh, I will tell you that I'm struggling right now with how do we find individuals in my profession? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's true in any profession, whether it's accounting or finance or law or whatever, we have that foundation of integrity it is um, I ask questions about family work ethics, you know, big, um, big, 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 big question. Yeah. It is. And it's very interesting. That, you know, they, they get, it's an open-ended question and they can tell me about, you know, whatever they, however they choose, whatever they want to share. It's very interesting if they have not had, um, an environment where there was work ethic because work ethic almost always connects well to integrity. Mm-hmm. Always. If, if dad didn't go to work every day or if dad lied on the phone about why he was at home or mom, uh, you know, stole time and left for, you know, two-hour lunches and said that she was at a meeting. Um, those are all kinds of, not, not that those necessarily get shared in a, in a story, but you can, as a good investigator, you can see some of those threats that come out when they talk about what, um, what the environment was work-wise in, mm-hmm. in the, which they were raised. Um, it's very interesting. I think we cannot split our personalities. No. Either you have behave with integrity or not. So it doesn't matter whether you do it privately or um, at work. Yeah, no, you're absolutely oh, right. You're always the same person. You are. You are such a great role model, Melanie. Thank you oh, very thank much. You and so now my last question, and it's also your question. So what should I have asked you? And what you would you like to tell me what I haven't asked? <laughs> See, what if- so I think that for, for those who are new in their roles, I want to kind of talk about those who are new and those who are more senior in their roles. Mm-hmm. So for those who are choosing to, to pursue a career in HR, uh, that it is not a transactional set of activities. You may have all of those. 
I mean, you got to do the hiring paperwork and you've got to do the onboarding and you've got to do the, the benefits paperwork and things like that. But it is the connection that you make with that employee that first time you speak with them or that first day on the job and, you know, getting up from your desk, going out, connecting with those people um, will, one, it'll improve retention, but most importantly, that's when they'll tell you things. Which is, are, which is also difficult right now. I don't know how it's um, on your yeah. side, but sitting in the home offices all over the world does yes. not increase that part. And that's also what I hear and also experience on my side. It's much more difficult to onboard, uh, to onboard people when it comes yes. to cultural differences you have on the DNA in an organization. It is true, especially with, you know, with COVID, with more mm -hmm. remote work. Now, we don't have as much of that. Uh, we very little of that because of what we do okay. uh, as, as a company. Um, but it's so we have the luxury of making sure that we're going out there and seeing those employees and and connecting with those employees so that I don't have to say, is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you want me to know? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to ask that because I should have people out, you know, managing by walking around so that they feel comfortable enough that people will say to them, you know, I had an employee call this morning uh, who's a, a one of our first line operators and she called my cell phone number. I have my cell, by the way, my company desk phone transfers to my cell. I answer 24 hours a day. It's my job. Yep. And, um, she was calling it, she had a benefits question. Okay. And so actually our team benefits is managed out of our finance department. They do an exceptional job, but I had the opportunity to get that employee's name, that employee's phone number and contact information so that I could connect the person who could help her rather than just say, well, I'm not, that's not my department. You'll need to talk to, you know, that that's, I have the opportunity to make a connection regardless of who is calling or what they're calling about. I think it's also serving internally. You know, we, also, we all have internal clients too. We do not only have external clients. And for me, also an HR function, you know, HR has always internal clients and they should be treated like the external ones. That's just the expectation I have, you know. You're so right, Sonia. You're absolutely right. That they are indeed our customers. Mm -hmm. There are... And so how we speak to them is uh, paramount. And, you know, even in terms of when we're asking a question or we're thanking someone, uh, I had an employee uh, earlier today um, write, a, write an email to a very senior manager, and I wasn't real pleased with the tone of the email. And, and so I, you know, picked up the phone and I, I said, so I know you were frustrated, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's better to talk now, you know, <laughs> and yeah. stop the email ping pong, which is yes. not that yeah. funny pick up, anymore. Pick up the phone. They will do anything for you, but pick up the phone. And, yeah. uh, because it's those relationships. I, I can't uh, function as an HR organization without finance, without payroll, without um 
workers' comp, our, our safety department. I, those are all integral uh, resources for my employees and for me. And so we have to partner. Sometimes it sounds trite, but it's really the truth. We're partners. We, we all have to partner all over the world, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you very, very much. Um, for thank your you so much, Sonia. You it take so care. Good. Have a wonderful it was wonderful to finally get to meet you in person and talk with you. We have to somewhere. And it was a pleasure. I think it was also a pleasure for all the listeners we have here. Having you as such a long-term expert in human resources, it, it was just great. And thank you very much also for sharing the personal stories, because I think that's always what helps everybody to understand and yeah. also bring it back. So thank you. And have You're a very welcome. Day. Have a great day. Thank you. This was another episode of the Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters with our guest, Melanie Shaw. Following the motto, Corporate Integrity Secures and Empowers Individuals and Organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stierlimann. I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable, and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers, and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring, and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information, and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget... Topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know.